From Bristol, UK, I'm Pommy Harmer. And I'm Melissa Shemam, and this is The Quarantini. We're bringing you this podcast every week to keep your spirits up and until lockdown in the UK has ended. As with every week, today we'll bring you a mix of ingenious responses to the virus, creative ideas for the future, and hopefully a dash of the unexpected. Welcome to episode two. Hello, Pommy. How have you been? Very well. Sorry to say that for the people who are struggling, but you know, still, I'm still working. I teach and I write and we have uh, beautiful weather again. So I try to walk every other day and it's still, it's okay. It's okay for me. How are you, Pommy? I'm good too. I go out. I've started doing yoga. I've never done yoga all my life and now I do it every day and I really look forward to it. I do it with Adrienne. She's wonderful. She's my new best friend. I've seen her a couple of times. She's amazing. And I must say, I'm very proud of you because I'm, I'm a lazy woman. So I just stopped looking at Adrian and I just walk. I had to move everything, all the furniture. I had to move all the furniture so I had enough room to put down the mat. Yes, my bedroom is definitely too small for yoga. That's the pretext. <laughs> so, Melissa, we had an email this week from a friend of the show, Lee. She sent us an email saying she loved the content balance and laid back presentation. I'm slightly worried about that because uh, that's because we're stuck at home all the time and I might get too laid back. Anyway, she's asking for cocktail recipes and lockdown ephemera collectors. And I thought, well, that is a thing, isn't it? People will be collecting. There will be people out there collecting ephemera all about lockdown. So if you're one of those people, get in touch with the show and we will come and interview you. Well, we won't come and interview you. We'll speak to you over Skype. You can get in touch with us on our Facebook page or email us at the quarantini podcast at gmail.com. You can. So what have we got coming up in the show? We're going to give you a bit of uh, music. There's a song that a musician has written, especially for a difficult time, that I want you to, to hear as well. And then we'll mention some good initiatives. So just to recap, last week we interviewed Tintin Quarantino and this week we've got an interview for you later on in the podcast. We also had music from Uganda. We had the coronavirus song by Bobby Wine featuring Nubian Lee and other African musicians from all over the continents have come up with songs since then exactly for me i think it's quite nice to have um, music and um, what's happening around us so many musicians have been trying to create um, lyrics that can help people getting with the basics and learning how to wash their hand properly like bobby one has done and there's so many tunes from all over the african continent but this week i've chosen uh, another song that comes from uh, the united states actually and um, um we're going to play it in a minute it's been written by one of my favorite musicians uh, his name is michael stipe you may know him from being the lead singer from the band REM, a band that has had an amazing journey for over four decades. They don't play together anymore, uh, but they've done um, a wonderful video for the 25 years of one of the album, Monsters. And um, Michael Stop has always been very creative. He actually inspired a lot of musicians, even from here. Even Tom York said he wrote a lot of lyrics inspired by Michael Stipe. And he recently went out of his isolation. Now outside, of course, he's, he's just wrote this from his bedroom and he gave us a little interpretation from there, posted on YouTube. It's called No Time for Love Like Now and yeah, it was put online a couple of weeks ago. No time for breezy No time for arguments No time for love like 
Stipe singing No Time for Love Like Now and it was put on YouTube fairly recently so have a look. Actually it's really worth watching because he does this really lovely smile just at the end. That's just amazing. He's just one of uh, you know the greatest artists for, for our time. He's always there when we need him. So it's now time for our roundup. 
Each week we'll be bringing you a variety of creative responses here in Bristol and from all over the world. So please get in touch and let us know if you've come across any. You can email us at thequarantinipodcast at gmail.com. What have you got for us as our number one piece, Melissa? I think a lot of people would have heard of him, but he deserved to be the first person mentioned. It's the famous war veteran, Captain Tom Moore. Uh, you you may have seen his photo in um, a lot of online magazines and newspapers. He was celebrated his 100-year anniversary, his own birthday, by doing a walk for the NHS. And he raised more than, I mean, the number is probably meaningless now because it was above £25 million. And I'm sure it's gone up still. So that's millions of supporters. All this through fundraising on Just Giving, the website. Tom's walked for uh, the NHS. Wonderful. Well done. We're so proud of him and our NHS workers. Fantastic, isn't it? £25 million. Wow. Okay, so what's happening in Bristol this week? So you know that I have this thing for music, so I wanted to mention that uh, a lot of artists are actually obviously stuck at home. They can't tour, and we all know that most musicians live from touring but some of them have been courageous enough to still release their new album or coming music one of them is very dear to me his name is jimmy galvin and he's uh, very discreetly released a beautiful album that's called spiritual data so he's a really a man from here he's lived in bristol all his life he's from an irish family um, born in bristol and this is wonderful piano music it's so uplifting for me it's really delightful he's inspired by the greatest like chopin and uh um, uh, Eric Satie and uh, he's also a painter you might have seen um, that an exhibition that he curated in October that was in, inviting Yoko Ono to uh, send some video work and photographs here in Bristol at the George's house. I went to see that yes, I went to see that and it had a, an exhibition of domestic violence in the basement done by Nextlink Absolutely. And the two were quite creating a dialogue because that's something that Yoko Ono has always addressed as well. So Jimmy is a very creative person. Listen to that album. A lot of tracks are online, actually, just on YouTube or on his um, website, Jimmy Galvin. Jimmy Galvin. So we'll hear a little bit of that now. So that was Jimmy Galvin playing Spiritual Data, and you can look him up on YouTube. Great. Pommy, you talked a lot to me about the Social Distancing Festival. Tell me more. I'm so excited by this. I've been looking at it. It's just absolutely full of things to watch. So it showcases visual arts, dance, theatre, music, opera from right around the world. 
You can see live streaming events. There's a calendar which will tell you what's on each day. But there's plenty, plenty more you can just watch at any time. And we thought we'd bring you a flavour of this every so often. Today, we're going to tell you about dance. So just as a flavour of the dance section, they've got flamenco from Spain. There's also Indian classical dance from Kuala Lumpur. Or, amazingly, you can see a hip-hop workshop from the Rhondda Valley across the bridge into Wales. That's just extraordinary, isn't it? Stuff from everywhere and much, much more. Have a look at the site. It's socialdistancingfestival.com. Wow, that's an amazing, you know, discovery. Thank you so much. I can't wait to go there. Yeah. But I also have a bit of good news from around the world, Pommy. Shall I just mention a few of the lovely things that happened because we're living through such a different period? For instance, in Hong Kong, um, pandas, you know, they've always been struggling to mate because pandas, yes, they have no, not enough space. Well, in, in, in one zoo, they have been able to mate for the first time in years because they have found privacy for the first time in a while. Oh, because nobody's watching them. Exactly. You mean. So captive animals have now shown little inclination to mate because they, you know, they have to be observed all the time or checked or see scientists. <laughs> but this time they've been able to do it. And uh, actually the scientists expect potential pregnancy. So we might have a baby panda. That's amazing. So presumably those pandas won't be on show anymore. Well, for, for now it's all closed, but we'll see how it goes. Maybe it will change people's habit regarding sort of places. Yeah. Okay. What else have we got? Well, now we have some good news from our skies. Um, in the Himalayas, uh, the summits have been visible for the first time in 30 years, Pommy, because of the pollution level uh, in India getting so much lower. That's an amazing news. And that's correlated to the fall in carbon emission all around the world due to the fact that the coronavirus forced us not to travel. And I think hopefully that that change may stay after the lockdown releases, because I think maybe more people will start working from home. Yeah. Obviously, I've also seen yesterday that the city of Milan has decided to use the empty street to create more cycling paths so that when they reopen for business, there'll be less cars and more people walking and using bicycles. So I think it's already working indeed. It's exciting, isn't it? There's also just a simple number for you guys when you think this is a very gloomy time. Um, So many people have been affected. But in the meantime, 36 million babies were also born. 36 million babies born this year. Yeah, just since since the beginning of the COVID-19. So basically since January, yes. That's amazing, isn't it? Okay, so now let's get back to Bristol and hear about an initiative here in the city. Melissa, tell us who you spoke to this week. Right, so this was really dear to my heart. I'm really impressed by what they've been doing. I wanted to talk to an organisation called Caring in Bristol. And I've been able to talk to the director, Ben Richardson, who happens to be a friend of mine. I've stayed with him in his lovely house in St. Weyberg a couple of years ago. And they're doing an amazing work to try to find a house for people who don't have one. So anyone who's a homeless or rough sleeper or have no permanent housing, they have uh, set up an upscale level of work to try and fix that problem with different hotels and different accommodations. And also, obviously, one of the main projects is to bring these people food. So they're really here to help out the most vulnerable in, in Bristol. And it's a great example. They've launched a, a special campaign with new pastors that they have addressed to people as you might never see this campaign because you're all at home. 
but obviously everyone is sharing it on social media. Um, so they've launched a plan that's called Cheers Drive. And they getting cheers drive. <laughs> yes, of course. If you're from Bristol, you know why. You know cheers drive. This is this expression that people used to tell uh, the bus drivers. You know there is a cheers drive now in Samwell, don't you? Oh, that's lovely. I think I've seen the some sort of like a billboard somewhere on the website, probably Bristol twenty four seven. Yes. So Cheers Drive is just um, a um, group of volunteers who are, most of them are, are chefs or they, they used to work in a restaurant and they don't know what it's going to become, but they volunteer to just make food and bring it to the most vulnerable and the NHS workers. So here is more um, in my conversation with Ben uh, about caring in Bristol. Thank you so much, Ben, uh, for being with us. Thank you for taking the time. It's my total pleasure. Uh, first, can you explain what you do with caring in Bristol in general and how this crisis changed your daily work? It's a local community-based charity. And, um, you know, our kind of vision really is a city empowered to solve homelessness. So it's the vision of Bristol, you know, without homelessness, which is pretty ambitious. We do lots of emergency crisis work. We formerly ran a shelter, you know, for sort of older people. We do all sorts of interesting work with, with younger people at risk of homelessness. And we do a lot of education and campaign work. You know, as this sort of crisis has sort of struck, the first thing to say about it is that it's not a homelessness crisis that we're responding to. It's a humanitarian crisis. Some people are going around thinking, well, uh, the pandemic has meant that suddenly we won't see homeless people or homelessness has been solved. It's not like that, unfortunately. I think there's been some immediate kind of interventions from a public health perspective to, to sort of immediately put people who are very vulnerable to, to get them less exposed to the virus. So what we've seen locally is a lot of people moved off the streets or out of hostels where they can't self-isolate into hotels. A lot of the food provision, a lot of kind of the services that vulnerable people had fell away very, very quickly for lots of different reasons. And obviously you're doing this thanks to the work of a lot of uh, volunteers. Is that right? So my whole charity really now has switched to kind of providing really basic core support in terms of food. We're kind of producing about six and a half thousand meals a week that we're using an army of volunteers to deliver. We've sort of taken on chefs and restaurant businesses that have been out of business and we've employed people to produce a huge kind of food operation. Well, congratulations for reacting so quickly. And what kind of help did you receive so far and who are your main partners in this job? Bristol is an amazingly sort of generous city in lots of different ways. We, as a charity, for, for 30 years have run a, a huge Christmas project that involves about a thousand volunteers called Caring at Christmas. And fortunately, we have developed some quite good relationships with people like Josh Eggleton uh, from the Pony and Trap, a very well-known local uh, Michelin-starred chef, and some of the other sort of food businesses that um, make part of Bristol's quite diverse food scene. Uh, there has historically been a lot of concern with some of those businesses and some of those chefs about, you know, the power of food to sort of transform people. They've been really good mates of ours as an organisation. As businesses, they were facing a totally unprecedented crisis. They've had to close. They've had to potentially lay off staff. We were able to sort of come together and think about what we can do really quickly, really immediately to actually meet need. 
So we were able to basically uh, open two, three kitchens in less than a week using the staff that were previously employed in the restaurants to get this sort of operation up and running. What we've then needed is a lot of volunteers to actually pack and deliver food. Finally, I think uh, it would be helpful for everyone to know, how can we help you further? You know, I think for your listeners, we need kind of several things. We need volunteers. If your listeners are interested and are not in the sort of vulnerable categories due to pre-existing health conditions or age, they can contact Cheers Drive. The project's called Cheers Drive. Cheers Drive at caringandbristol.org.uk. The other thing we need is financial support. Obviously, the project is costing uh, the charity a lot of money uh, and it was not money that we had planned for. Nonetheless, it's a time to put humans in front of money. It's important that obviously we're talking about the value of this work and that the people are able to sort of support it in a variety of different ways. So, yeah, I just encourage people to find out more, go on our socials and think about volunteering or other ways you might be able to support us. Thank you very much to Ben Richardson, who's obviously working crazy hours for caring in Bristol. So thank you for taking the time to speak to the Quarantini podcast. So thanks for that, Melissa. It's nearly time to finish now. It's been a great show and we've got plenty more to bring you next week. Yes, indeed. Music and good initiatives and maybe some cocktail recipes for me. Well, I think we might have to. Since our fan has made a special request, I think we'll have to. Exactly. I'm sure you can come up with something really nice. I think we'll make our very own quarantini that doesn't involve a vitamin C tablet. No. And maybe our, our quarantini can remain a bit secret for a while. We need to have a secret ingredient to keep people, you know, curious about it. And then by the end, the the series will reveal the magical ingredient. Well, maybe they could guess it. Yes, we could have a contest. (laughs) That's it for the Quarantini this week. We'll be back next week with a new cocktail of ideas and positive news for you all. And we'd really love to hear from you. You can get hold of us by emailing us at thequarantinipodcast at gmail.com. We're also on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. This podcast was hosted by me, Melissa Scheman. And was hosted and produced by me, Pomi Harmer. Thank you so much for listening. And stay safe.